Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk, and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, it is packed. We've got a dose of pop culture, the hottest stories hitting our feeds. Benefit 2.0, what's the go? An astrologer has predicted the future of Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's relationship. And an exciting update for the Sex and the City reboot. Plus, we're here for it. Diversity at last on TV. With the first bisexual and indigenous woman as the next Bachelorette Australia. We look at the latest shows, The Bold Type Season 5 is about to drop and another best-selling thriller has been turned into a movie. Plus, we're joined by a divorce coach, Bridget Jackson. A quick reminder, after you've listened to this, you can check out our most recent interviews with Abby Chatfield, also Tully Smythe, we had such a great chat, love chatting with her, and also Jordana Levine, all about higher love, manifesting, some really epic guests on lately, and some more to come. Right, let's get into it. First up, our dose of pop culture. Now, these stories are carefully selected. This is not salacious tabloid gossip. These are pop culture stories we're interested in. We're creating content for a millennial female audience, and these stories often have important critical thinking and feminist takeaways. This does not mean the self-love club is not focusing on things that matter and having those conversations, because we definitely still are. It's another layer in our content as a small, independent, independent media business dedicated to making content which audiences like yourself crave and that we're interested in and we can have a lot of fun while we're doing it and still having those important chats. First up, Benefit 2.0, everything we know so far. Now one of the most iconic couples and a part of the 2000s was Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, aka their couple name was Benefit. Now they've been spotted spending time together and are reportedly in touch daily after JLo spat with Alex. Alex Rodrigo. So a quick backstory, of course, if you're not aware, Jennifer and Ben, one of the most famous couples in the early 2000s, they started dating in July 2002. Only a few months later in October, they were engaged, all loved up. However, they broke off their engagement in 2004 and it was absolutely devastating. Fast forward to now, here's a timeline of events. So in January this year, Ben and his actress girlfriend, Ana de Armas, broke up after a year of dating. According to a statement released by Ben, Ana didn't want to be based in LA. Now Ben does, he has children there, that's where his life is. It's being reported that Ben started emailing Jennifer in February and they have thought to remain friendly post-breakup. In April, J-Lo and her former professional baseball player, fiancé A-Rod, announced their separation. And then Ben reached out to her after the announcement to check in and see if she's okay. They both attended the Vax Live concert in LA at the start of May. They then went to Montana together for a holiday for a few days. Now, according to publication Page Six, it was to attend a party. They were photographed together and you may have seen the photo of them in her car. Now since then, Ben has publicly been complimenting Jennifer on her work, cover shoots and they are in touch apparently daily. So who knows what will happen next but it looks like the way things are going, it's headed in the direction so far of Benefit 2.0. Dun dun dun! 
Next up in our dose of pop culture, an astrologer has predicted Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's future. So what's the go? Now, because a lot of us are into star signs these days, you know, it's become into the mainstream. We're all wearing our star sign necklaces, the ones that everyone's got. Also with our CoStar apps on our phones, we're all intrigued, right? So this veteran psychic and celebrity astrologer, Maria Shaw, says the fiery relationship will eventually, spoiler alert, I mean, this hasn't happened, it might not happen, fizzle out. She says Courtney is attracted to Travis's passionate, fiery and intense trait, but they might not be compatible long term and that he's more in love with her than the other way around. They've openly hinted that they're having some very steamy times. Now, Travis is a Scorpio. Just a tip from my experience, stay away from Scorpio boys. Although as a Capricorn, they are basically my best match. And Courtney is an Aries. The next story in our dose of pop culture, an update and new cast edition on the Sex and the City revival show, which is called Just Like That. Now, since Kim Cattrall will not be returning as Samantha, iconics, so sad, it's such a shame, right? But there is drama there. She doesn't want to be part of it. The creators of the show have announced that Grey's Anatomy star Sarah Ramirez will join the cast as a non-binary queer podcaster. This will definitely help give the show a 2021 freshen up, right? Sarah played Dr. Kelly Torres on Grey's Anatomy and recently revealed they are non-binary. And their character, Shay Diaz, is also a stand-up comedian. And the connection, how does this character fit in with the show? Carrie will feature on her podcast, of course. Now, a statement from HBO Max says Shay is a big presence with a big heart whose outrageous sense of humor and progressive human overview of gender roles has made them and their podcast very popular. So down for that. I think it's going to be such a good addition to this reboot show, which, you know, if you watch it now, it will have seriously be dated with a 2021 lens on it, right? And I just wanted to add this story in as well because it is huge and we are here for it. Brooke Blurton will make television history as The Bachelorette's first Indigenous and bisexual woman. Now, you might remember Brooke from the Honey Badgers season of The Bachelor. There will be female and male contestants on this show. And Brooke has said that she is totally down with contestants hooking up. It is going to make great TV. And look, we're really here for the diversity, which is so lacking on mainstream TV and especially on shows like this and reality TV. I think we'll have to try and line up an interview with Brooke Wood and she is also friends with Abby Chatfield, who we featured a few weeks back. Still to come on the show, we dive in and look at the latest shows. The newest season of millennial show The Bold Type is about to drop. Very exciting. Plus, which best-selling thriller novel has been turned into a movie? Which you can watch now, by the way. And we chat with a divorce coach. Yes, they exist. For tips to manage any type of conflict, even if you're not going through a separation or divorce, you will find this really helpful with managing conflicts, whether it be at work or with friends. But first, we're an independent podcast dedicated to having conversations that matter, delivering content you crave, and we are so grateful for your support. It's really helpful if you do support us right now. You can check that you've hit subscribe on the big purple button on Apple Podcasts. Hit that. Hit it now. Make sure you're subscribed. Or if you're on Spotify, you can tap on the follow button. 
If you're enjoying listening, please leave us a five-star review. We get so many beautiful DMs and we appreciate them so much. But if you could go over to the Apple Podcast app, leave us a review. Well, you're on there right now. Quick, go do it. This really helps us get seen. Send the link to your friends. Share where you're listening. Take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story and tag us at Self Love Club Podcast so we can see and share. And hit follow while you're there to keep up with our videos and content. We know you love it. We do love some pretty lols memes sometimes as well. Thank you so much for supporting the Self Love Club. Talking about the latest shows, now one of the most popular binge watches lately, and I want to note this show has been out for a few years. It was first released in 2017, but I think because it's been on our Netflix feeds, we've all been diving in. I watched all four seasons while I was recovering from wisdom teeth surgery, and I had a lot of chats about the bold type in my DMs. The bold type and Netflix finally put all four seasons on there. I promise I was watching them all on there. Think Gossip Girl meets a millennial sex in the city meets Suits. That's a perfect analogy and what you can expect. It's based in New York about a feminist millennial magazine called Scarlet, and it centers around three friends, Jane, Sutton, my favorite, and Kat, as they navigate their lives, careers, and relationships. The fifth and final season drops this week, May 26th US time. So the 27th, our time this week, if you're listening in real time. In Australia, they said it will be on Stan. It's expected to be on Netflix, but at the time of preparing this, they haven't set in and there's no date that says, it doesn't say the date on Netflix at the stage, but I'm, I'm assuming it'll come pretty quickly these days. No spoilers, but if you're up to date, I mean, season four has 16 episodes, which I was very happy about when I was sitting in bed, you know, eating my dairy-free ice cream, very puffy-faced, and also having KFC potato and gravy for dinner for five nights in a row. Not even sorry. Um, but you, I was enjoying watching those. But no spoilers. If you're up to date, what I will say is we can expect to find out more about Sutton and Richard's relationship status. Not going to say anything more than that because I don't want to ruin it for anyone else. But honestly, if you're wanting a really cool female-focused show to watch... Definitely dudes in there as well. Check out The Bold Type. You'll thank me later. My housemate just recently binged up all four seasons pretty quickly for herself as well. I also did notice there's a new movie on Netflix based on a best-selling book I read a few years back. It's called The Woman in the Window. I read this on holiday. Oh, the days of when we were traveling. I've actually got a photo of me reading it in Greece, and it was a really good read on the plane as well. It was originally written by AJ Finn in 2018, and Amy Adams stars as the main character, Dr. Anna Fox, who's a psychologist who is confined to her home because she's got agoraphobia, she's too scared to leave, and starts analyzing her new neighbors. There is a huge twist in this story. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it's very good. I have seen a lot of people talking about this online. Um, saying that you know people who have read the book that they didn't think they did it justice but look if you haven't read the book you could definitely enjoy it and if you have maybe you'll be able to compare but I mean I guess movies are never going to be the same as the book hey Next on the show, we're going to be joined by a lawyer turned divorce coach, Bridget Jackson of Equal Exes. Now, Bridget founded her company after her own divorce and experiences, wanting to make sure others didn't make the same mistakes she did and provides expert advice during a highly stressful and emotional time. 
a lot of couples these days and more couples you're seeing, less people are getting married, are in de facto relationships where people's finances are tied up. You might own a property together. So no matter what situation you're in, if you're going through a separation or you're about to go through a separation or divorce, this is for you. Also, if you're not, this conversation is still for you. It provides helpful tips in how to handle conflict in other areas, whether it's at work, at home, with your friends, and how to best sort these situations out. Bridget is honestly a pro, and you're really going to enjoy and find her tips so helpful. A quick note, I'm aware that these often high-conflict situations can be dangerous. So if you or someone you know is at risk, please contact the authorities. I've put a list in the show notes of this episode where you can get help. Stay safe and remember, you deserve to be treated well and the very best. You can have that for yourself. Let's get into our chat with Bridget. Bridget, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. So excited to have a chat. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really real privileged to join you today. Yeah. Now tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, I am a divorce coach, settlement strategist. So what I do is I hold people's hand. I'm a sounding board thinking partner as they go through the process of divorce and separation. I ensure that everyone makes the best decisions that they possibly can make in terms of their own scenarios, avoiding the pitfalls and the mistakes that you make along the way, because I certainly made a lot of mistakes when I went through my divorce and separation, hence setting up Equal Exes. Yeah, I love the name as well. So what's that all about, Equal Exes? It's a great play on words. Um, So what exactly does that mean? Well, it basically means fairness. So as you go through the process, um, you know, it can be a really negative a negative process, but I like to, I always think there is always a positive and a negative and you've got to find it. And how that relates to divorce and separation is that you actually can make it a more positive experience than it needs to be by in the first instance being amicable and equal exes in terms of, you know, means fairness. So being fair to each other, equality. Take us through your story. So how did you come to do what you're doing now? I guess you've gone through your own experiences. So talk us through how you got to this point? Well, I had been married for about 14 years with my ex-husband for about 16. And it, it was just wasn't working for me. We were completely different personalities. He was, um, you know, quite controlling and abusive, verbally abusive and manipulating. And I just found myself becoming very broken and trying to trying to be perfect, you know, trying to to be something that I wasn't because and then one day I woke up and I realized that actually perfection doesn't exist. Took probably about three years because a lot of women actually emotionally leave a relationship at least two years before they leave physically. So I've been thinking about it for a long time. And then one day I just thought I just couldn't do this anymore. And so I said, you know, it's it's over, unfortunately. A relief came over my head, actually, because obviously I'd had that a great big cloud hanging over my head for a number of years, thinking about whether I should stay or whether I should go. I left unprepared. Um, it ended up being a very high conflict divorce. It took over five years to settle and cost me half a million dollars. And the emotional toll on myself and my four children was just massive. I just thought there's got to be a better way of doing this. Quite a new space in New Zealand. Uh, divorce coaching. My background is I'm a qualified lawyer. Um, I'm a trained mediator. I've got a postgraduate in dispute resolution. And I really love people. A lot of my roles prior to 
um, setting up this business absolutely to do with people. I was involved in charity. I was the CEO of the New Zealand Gynae Cancer Foundation. Divorce coaches are very, very prevalent in the US. They even employ them in law firms. They're so useful and they're so handy. I have lost count of how many people have said to me, I wish I had a divorce coach when I was going through my scenario. Yeah, so what sort of things are you doing with people? Obviously, you're coaching them through a process which is incredibly hard. Not only, it's it's emotionally draining and people can react in all sorts of different ways. My parents, I watched them go through a divorce and it's a, it's a yeah. very hard time and everyone reacts in different ways. Um, and I've gone through a separation myself where I, I mean, I wasn't married, but we had to like divvy up a house and everything, which it's still, it's stressful. So what are you? Oh, it's tough of the stress continuum. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't, you know, it's one of the most stressful things that you can ever do. And, you know, managing your emotions is very difficult during this period. Yeah. And I liken it to a running race because if one person in the relationship has decided to leave their relationship, then they have sprinted off and finished the running race, whereas the other partner is still at the start, maybe even in denial. So what I do is a number of things. So in the first instance, if people haven't decided, they're on the fence about leaving. So we undertake some coaching. Um, should I stay or should I go? Because I say to clients, you have got to leave no stone unturned and have no regrets that you're making the right decision for you. So I always ensure that clients have done what they can in that regard, whether that's counselling, you know, going, whatever they need to do to see if they can hold that relationship together. Because I'm certainly not pro-divorce by any stretch of the imagination. So if they decide to undertake some coaching with me in that regard, then we, we talk about what is your relationship looking like at the moment? What are the signs that It's ending. What is your life going to look like in all of your quadrants of life, your social life, your finances, your family, uh, your work? What is is that going to look like for you if you end up being a single person on your own? Predominantly, people do decide to separate probably 90% of clients who I deal with in terms of that coaching. And we put in place, um, some want to do a trial separation. So we we action that or want to have a straight separation for good. So other coaching that I do is I prepare prepare people for, for separation. So that's getting, you know, that's getting organized. So that's making sure that you've got all the paperwork that you need together. Your shared matter assets and your debts you know, you have to think in the future about finding a place to live. Are you going to stay in the same house or are you going to be renting a house or buying a house? And you've really got to take care of yourself. That's really important. So getting them organized for divorce is a really huge part of it. I also did a lot of coaching in terms of parenting plans, helping people with their custody. What are the boundaries now that you're co-parenting? So really encouraging people to actually co-parent rather than parallel parent. How to communicate with your toxic ex, because I deal with a lot of people who are going high, going through high conflict divorces, being in those marriages which have where people have have had tendency to have some sort of personality disorder. Mm. So the strategies and tools that people need to not escalate the conflict. That's the thing. A lot of people do find themselves in toxic relationships, and when they're leaving, it can. That's when that stuff can really, you know, get exacerbated. So what would be some of your advice for those? who are going through those situations, whether it's a marriage or separation, because it can be really hard to navigate. Oh, it can, particularly if you're getting 100 texts a day and 50 emails, you know, from your ex-partner. So in the first instance, unless it's about the children, do 
not engage. Do not engage in the conversation because when you're dealing with a toxic ex, they are wanting you, to, they, they are negative and they're wanting you to react because that's what feeds them. Um, when you go through a divorce with someone who has got some sort of personality disorder, it's called splitting. So when you are um, doing what you're told, you're all good. And when you're decided to leave, which is out of their control, you're all bad. So strategies that you need to put in place are being assertive rather than being passive or aggressive. Being passive or being aggressive is actually going to escalate the conflict. Another strategy that's really important is using BIF. So if you're going to communicate with your ex, make sure it's brief, informative, firm and friendly. So you want to say something nice about that person, something positive about that person um, before you launch into the information that you need to convey to them and make it yeah, firm and friendly is really important. Yeah, I like that. So those sort of strategies. Yeah. I know a lot of people will be in a situation where they will be afraid of that person and it is scary and, and even going to get property, I've been in a situation like that, going to get things and you're worried for your safety. Like that, obviously that's when you can get other people and the authorities if you need to involve, but that's a it's quite yeah like I think when you're with someone and they're toxic and you're leaving that can be quite a volatile time and you can be quite scared oh oh, it's very scary I mean I deal with a lot of domestic violence cases um and you know violence isn't just physical violence it can be financial abuse it can be um verbal abuse what we have is we have a free safety plan for people um, if they need it, get themselves organised. If they're in a toxic relationship with domestic violence, then they need to have a plan to get out fast. Where is your handbag? You know, where are your spare keys? What is the way that you can get out that potentially they won't see you out of the house? Where are you going to go? You know, what phone numbers do you need? Have you got some money? All of those sort of things need to be considered. So if anyone wants a copy of that safety um, plan, we'd be happy to share that with your um, audience. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are a little bit, I mean, every situation's different, but, you know, some people are very afraid to leave because, it, and, and like you say, no matter the situation, it can take a lot of people time to work it out. Like you say, it took it can take years to work it out. But especially when you're in a situation oh, oh, yeah. like that, they can be, you know, people can be too scared to leave because they are fearful they will have nothing. They'll have, you know, no clothes or, you know, they could have nothing yes. to take with them. So I guess for a lot of people, leaving isn't really an option because they're probably fearful they're not going to have any money or anything you know especially if well and that comes, using that absolutely and this comes back to um women who haven't worked for a long time who have just been looking after the children and you know then they, they're not going to get a good job because they haven't worked for so long it's very scary and then thinking you know things like oh well if i split up the family uh, the children are going to feel the tension but the children feel the tension when they're in a relationship people don't think they do but they actually do but they are children are resilient so they can get through this they really can. Yeah, and it can actually be a really big relief when your parents finally break up. I'm not going to lie. Well, God, it's yeah, that's right. It's like a rock for finally. Like it's it's a relief for everyone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and that's what I I felt when I left. I felt this huge relief just go over me. Because in New Zealand, is it correct that you need to be separated for two years before you can get a divorce? Right. Yes. Is that still? And the they law? might they might have sort of a you know within within that two month uh, two years. You can um, you can go back and sort of try and be with each other over a certain period of months, but yeah, generally, yeah, two years. Yeah, yeah. So you've obviously got a plan. So, th- so some of the things is like, so first of all, people need to think about how they're going to exit, and then certain ways of communicating and everything. 
What about once they've left? Then what would some of your advice be? Especially if, like you say, the ex is trying to get back in touch, they're being difficult, they're being nasty. What would your advice be once the person has left the... I guess left the person and they're and they're you know separated. left the person. Well, well, it, it's sort of continuance of 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 don't communicate, um, don't engage with the drama and chaos that's coming your way. Continue to unless it's to do with the children, don't, just don't because they will continue and continue just to keep driving, driving you to make you feel like you're going crazy, upset you. You know, they the thing is, these people know what your triggers are. They've lived with you for such a long period of time. They know what's going to get you back up. What you then have got to do, if you've got to have your, I call it your D team, so the divorce team that's around you, you know, making sure that you surround yourself with family and friends. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad because everyone's got their own ideas in terms of that. Making sure that um, you've got a divorce coach on board who can help you. When you leave, my vision for the future is that everybody is actually prepared prepared to leave before they leave. So they've got a nest egg in place. They've got all the documents they, they need so they know what they actually own and owe. They've been they've gone and had some advice from a lawyer so they're informed and educated about their legal rights, making sure that they've got a separate bank account set up. So I, you know, there's um I have a document entitled 10 things to do before you leave, before you divorce. So um putting together an inventory of all your um possessions and chattels. So we give our clients one of those when they come to us. And this is really important. It's coming back to the financial side of things is know the household budget and expenses. Because moving forward, separating into two households is going to be a lot more expensive. Your life is going to change. So you need to actually get on top of being able to manage a budget and being really, really clear on how much is in the pot and how much you can spend. If you've got family debt, you need to know how much there is there and how's that being paid off. Is that And that generally um, is relationship property. So a credit card, both of you might have to pay that off. Um, you need to know what your spouse earns. So you need to get some tax returns in terms of that. So child support, because if you apply through IRD, you need to have evidence of that. Or you can do private arrangements. Are you in a job? What can you do in the future if you're not in a job? So I work with everyone involved in the divorce and separation process, including career coaches. And um, there's one that specializes in women. So they can, I send women off regularly. And, you know, they go and see her, making sure that your credit history is is good. So you've got to be very careful when you go through divorce and separation. If, if the relationship is, is not good, it's not amicable, that someone doesn't rack up bad credit rating because that's going to affect you moving forward as a single person. Mm, yeah. What about if someone's um, racked up a lot of, like you hear of people who have racked up a lot of debt and then the other partner who hasn't, obviously you share a lot of debt and stuff when you're married or whatever, um, living together. What are you supposed to do if they've literally racked up debt and then you have to pay half of it? Is that just like Well, unfortunately, if it's it relationship is? property. Far out. That's so crap, isn't it? It you really know. is. It yeah. really is. And, and it, yeah, it really doesn't. And some people go and spend on the credit card when they're getting separated. So you have to, you have to make sure that you cut the cards off, make yeah. sure that you... The joint accounts, there's not a big lump sum in there. Well, one of the things that people must do is you've got to have a nest egg before you leave. Yeah. Because you are going to have to pay expenses. You might have to pay rental, you know, bonds, um, legal fees, counselling fees. 
I reckon a so lot you of people. Have got a bit. Yeah, a lot of people probably because of the cost, which is so sad. A lot of people probably are put off doing it because they're like, "This is going to cost me too much money. I'm not going to be able to afford to pay a mortgage or rent on my own." Like you know, like that, and that's yeah. such a sad reality. But like, especially living in places like Auckland or expensive cities, a lot of people can't really. They won't want to separate out because it means less money. And I even I've even heard of like wealthy people who just stay in marriages because they're like, "Oh, it's going to cost too much. You know, I'm going to lose too much money." And it's it's just that's yeah. I mean, each their own but personally I couldn't live a lie and um, oh, I, know, I know it's not I mean, easy but like oh god how horrible just yeah absolutely the fear of the unknown absolutely so getting prepared is crucial but also you know I, I said to myself before I left I envisaged myself at 85 about to die and I went hmm I really regret my life you know staying yeah. in that relationship because at the end of the day You've got to be happy. Life is short. Yeah. Life is so short. Yeah, you're right. You get a second chance, you know, and you deserve to be treated the best. You know, you've both got to treat each other with respect and kindness in the first instance, you know, be there for each other. And, you know, if people really want to make a relationship work, they will. But you've got to be loyal. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of issues around infidelity, not communicating about how to spend money or not spend money, different parenting styles. You've actually got to sit down. You know, a good idea before you actually get into a full-on relationship with someone is ask them 50 questions. What's your parenting style like? How many children do you want? Yeah. You know? And some people might think, oh, it's pretty full on. But no, I agree with you. I think there's a certain way you can do it. It's fairly relaxed. But if someone doesn't take you saying to them, hey, what's important to you in life? And do you want kids? Or like, you know, what do you want from life? Or what's important to you? If they find that too much, then that's like only going to get worse from there. So I think that you should know what you're getting yourself into. And obviously you have to learn and get to know someone along the way. But God, if someone can't handle those kinds of questions, I don't think they're the right person for you because that's pretty standard stuff. Yeah, And it's very hard to change people you know it's very hard to change people I mean you know there's got to be compromise but and the biggest thing is you can only be in charge of your own behavior you can't be be responsible for anyone else's behavior with you when you found that you left yours obviously it can be a really hard time and everyone's situation's different but you said that you felt that relief what was that period like when you were transitioning I guess and you know were you even though it would have been hard were you also like getting a new lease and were you starting to get happy as well yeah well my own my own case I mean I had been unhappy for years I actually had no regrets leaving and you know I've just found myself blossoming because I could be myself because when you're in a relationship that's not serving you well you're a different identity you don't have the you know you're not the person you want to be you're having to fit in to try and be something to try and make that relationship work and when you leave you start growing your own identity your new identity you know new beginnings and new purpose in life yeah people who are brave you get rewarded don't you and you and then you get to like flourish from there I I so believe that it's like if you're brave and you take a leap you almost get rewarded it's like yep good on you you like you know you knew your worth and you're going to get rewarded now courageous great things it takes takes courage to get out of a a relationship that's not working for you Not everyone can do it. You've really got to, you know, you've really got to take some time to self-reflect and realize that you're doing this for the betterment of yourself and your children. And, you know, there are obviously times when you go, oh God, you know, I've split the family up. I've ruined the family. And, but as we talked about previously, particularly when there's children involved, they can hear and see it all. And some even role model the bad behavior. And I know from my perspective, I actually became a better mother when I wasn't in that relationship. What are some of the most common reasons, I guess, people come to you that want a divorce 
or are getting separated? Like, what are you seeing? What are the most common situations or scenarios? Well, I'm really encouraged that people come to me because they want me to mediate their cases. They don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on lawyers. They've agreed to be amicable. So that's really encouraging. People come to me because they don't know where to start. They don't know where to start, what lawyer to choose, which way to go. You know, they come completely unprepared. So I help them through all of that process. They, they just need someone that they can talk to. So my clients are able to call me, text me anytime, and I'm there to guide them, whatever scenario they're going through. There is definitely emotional support that I provide. I've got a lot of empathy. So that's the biggest one. They don't know where to start, what to do. High conflict situations, individuals that I'm dealing with, obviously not couples, the high conflict situations is helping them minimize the conflict in their life moving forward. Yeah. That's really important. Um, other specialists that they need to be referred to, they might need a forensic accountant or divorce accountant. They might need a wellness coach. They might need a um, psychiatrist. Self-care is huge. You know, the mental health is really, really important. And people, you know, are unfortunately addictions come out when people go through high stress. So the drinking and the drugs and, you know, overspending on money and overeating, undereating, all of those sort of things not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you can't function. Yeah. So that's really important. They just want someone who's there. I mean, a lot of people, and I did this to my own lawyer, expect that they'll get the divorce coaching from their lawyer, but the lawyer is there for the law, yeah. not for someone who can be there as your right hand, as your thinking partner, when your head is all over the place. Yeah, exactly. We talk a lot about self-care and it is so important, like you say, when you're going through any high stress situation or even not, but what are some of your tips you would give? And you've talked us through some of them a little bit, but what are some tips that you give to people when they're going through these situations in terms of their self-care and taking care of themselves? Well, I mean, first of all, it's really, because their stress levels are at the highest they could be, is actually getting a, a counsellor on board or a psychologist Eating properly, hugely important. Minimising the alcohol, minimising or having no drugs. Um, sleeping, you've got to be sleeping at least sort of seven, seven hours. Surrounding yourself with people who are in your, you know, have got your back. Mm. So family, friends uh, who will be there for you, whatever you need. So, yeah, surrounding yourself with positive people is hugely important. Forget about the negative ones. Forget about the toxic ones who are going to judge you for what you've done and you shouldn't have left and all the rest of it. Just focus on those ones who really care about you. Exercise is important, not, not over-exercising, but exercising, taking time out. Go and have a massage. Go and just go for a walk. Have a coffee with a friend. Have a bath. Mm. Those aspects are really important. If you feel like you're not feeling 100%, go and get checked out. But realise that you know this too shall pass. This pain, pain island will become happy island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And you're so right. Like I guess you're seeing people in the worst of it. And then I guess some advice yeah. is maybe that, and I'm sure you'll know this from your own personal experience, but also through your work that, you know, you're going through the worst of it. Like I've got a, I had a friend recently go through a breakout, like we all go through. And I said, look, you're going through the worst of it right now. It's going to get better from here. This is the yuckiest part. It can only get better from here. And I guess that's a big bit of advice you'd probably give your clients as well. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. And take day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. You know, I've got, it, it is a roller coaster ride. Your emotions on a daily basis are like a roller coaster ride. You might be in denial at 8 a.m. in the morning and you might be happy at 12 p.m. And then by 4 p.m., you might be, um, you know, in a completely different state. So yeah. we're yeah. human. That's normal. I spend a lot of my time saying, it's really normal. Yeah. Give yourself a break. Yeah, you know? be kind to yourself. Would your advice totally. be when you're dealing, like you said, you've got tactics you teach people and there's ways they can communicate. Would you recommend blocking people? I know it's hard when you have children, but if they're constantly messaging you and there's so many ways to message these days via social media apps, email, text, if they're constantly harassing you like multiple messages a day, is blocking someone a good idea or does that make it worse? Well, it can be in some instances, yes. Depending on the scenario, unfortunately, sometimes the only way to be able to move on is actually to block somebody. You know, if that person is, you know, your anxiety levels are high enough without that on top of it. So if it's someone that you've been with, I mean, even if you just block them for a certain period of time, you just need some space to be able to work through what you're working through. And perhaps in the future, you know, maybe even send them a message to say, look, I, I'm just going to disengage with you um, because I'm not coping with our relationship at the current time. If there are children involved, then you can maintain that, you know, once you've had a bit of space, we can talk again or just, or just email me rather than text me and yeah. call me. So a lot of people going through divorces, separations, but then you're seeing this this day and age, a lot of people don't get married, but they might own property together. So I guess, mm. it's, again, it's following the same process really in a way, isn't it? Except you don't have to get a proper divorce. After three years, de facto, it, it's just like being married. Um, earlier, if you've got a child together. Basically following the same procedure and, and the same tactics, I guess, that you would you re recommend regardless, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 50% of marriages de facto end up in divorce, actually. At least people are getting married but more have de facto relationships these days. Yeah. What about some tips? I mean, you'd see it from yourself and through other people. You've talked us through a lot of self-care tips, which I, I guess would be very helpful, but what would be some advice you would give someone who is going through this situation or, or is going through a breakup of any type? What would you tell them? In terms of how to deal with the conflict and tell the person. Yeah, we'll start from there. You don't want to blindside your partner. So you actually, I advise clients to practice what they're going to say, even write a script of how you're going to say it. Find a quiet space to be able to talk to them. Make sure that if you've got children, someone else is looking after them so you have that space and time to do that. If anyone's worried about their safety, have a third person in, in the room. When you're telling your partner that you want a divorce, be calm, kind and direct because they're not in the same space you're in right at this moment, generally. Focus on neutral language and I. So I don't want to be in this relationship anymore because we aren't aligned. Those sort of statements. Be prepared for an angry response. Be prepared for that. Don't escalate it. Uh, it's really important that you continue to be calm, cool and collected. If you are wanting to um, have a trial separation, mention that then it's really important because this other person will be having to process all of this. But don't discuss the details of the divorce right away. You know, I'm going to have 50% and you are and da-la-la. Keep it, it simple, it's, hey. It's, just like do the do the main part and then deal with that stuff later. And would you suggest, obviously it's a personal thing you're going through, but maybe just don't make personal attacking comments. It's hard when people go through these situations because people will say things, they'll react, you know, like. You, you, you yeah. did this and you did that. No, no, yeah. that's why we talk about the I statements. You know, I, I feel like I'm not in love with you anymore. We need to move to 
getting separated rather than you did this and you did that. Yeah. And, you know, then that starts the whole conflict and the escalation of it all. Have a few days or a week just to reflect on all of that, process it, mm. and then come back together again and talk about the nuts and bolts of it if you can. What would be some of your top tips for handling with conflict, whether it's in a relationship, maybe at work, maybe you're leaving a workplace or a friendship? Like you say, not saying the it's all about the I rather than you, but what would be some advice you would give yeah. on managing conflict, whether it be exiting that situation? You need to choose the right time to reach out and bring it up in the first instance. I think don't do it in the middle of a conflict situation. Actually have some time before you and then and then approach them about, about it. Have the conversation face to face. Make sure there's, there's time set aside so you can do that. And, and try not to see it as a confrontation. You know, you're both should have the opportunity to, to share your hurt. So if we're talking about a friend, for example, allow your friend to understand what they did and why it hurt you and vice versa. And hopefully that you can both grow from that. Plan what you want to say. Organise your thoughts in a way that makes sense and will move the conversation forward. Don't personally attack your friend, as we just talked about. Don't make accusations. Be open to their viewpoints and their feelings and remain calm. Accept that your friendship might have, you know, run its course. Work conflict. Clarify in your head, what is the source of conflict that you're dealing with? Always making sure that you have these conversations away from crowds. Always be listening actively rather than allowing each other to speak. And if I guess and, if you deal with things in a, like, I mean, obviously we're going to sometimes react a bit and we probably wouldn't be proud of it, but I think if you can try operate in a level-headed way, hey, as much as you can in the situation, only good can really come from that. People aren't going to turn around and, oh, you were so, like, level-headed about the situation, you know, and if they do, if you're kind and level-headed, then I think that's just, I don't know, I think it's just the way, it's a good way to operate if you can. And obviously nothing's perfect, no situations are perfect, no. and sometimes it's hard to do that that but if you try be like that then it can always help right and it comes back to um it comes back to managing your emotions and that is really difficult yeah. this is fundamentally the most important thing in any conflict with anybody whether it's divorce friends work oriented so people have got to agree on the best solution and determine each of the responsibilities that you might have in that resolution so i always say during mediation someone puts up a proposal. It's either a yes or a no or maybe. And if the conflict continues in the workplace, for example, make sure that you've got in place the ability to be able to evaluate how things are going and have some preventative strategies in place. Yeah, look for the lessons that you can learn from the conflict that you have. You've given us so much advice. And to wrap up, I just want to ask you a couple of quick things. What would you tell yourself if you could, looking back, you know, before you went through your divorce, before all the things you know now, what would you tell Bridget pre all that happening? I made the fundamental mistake of in the early times after my divorce, and I own it completely, 100% disparaged my ex-husband in front of my children. Do not do it. It escalates the conflict. Second thing is to make sure always putting yourself in the other person's shoes. If you're the one who's the lever, who's the decider of the relationship ending, be kind. And, and, and one of the biggest things, uh, if you're not happy, then do something about it. You know, when people are going through a, a separation or someone wants to get divorced and the other partner has, um, you know, there's been infidelity and then the person who's been unfaithful or had an affair gets like angry at the other person for wanting to leave them. What about managing a situation 
situation like that because that's like it's like come on mate like this is heaven of course like the person might if they want to every situation's different what about mm. handling a situation where that partner doesn't want them to get a divorce even though they've gone and done something like that trust is a massive factor in infidelity in the cases that i deal with and some people are able to build that back and some aren't. So it's a matter of whether people are actually willing to do the work to change themselves. And, you know, when infidelity has occurred, it's difficult. You know, they're going to have to undergo a lot of rigorous counselling. Both people have got to want these relationships really badly. To wrap up, just something you would like to share. You've given us so much advice, but for people who are maybe either about to go through this process and they're scared and they're fearful or they're in this process, what would you tell them? Think about what you want in the future. What do you want your life to look like? And I guess just know that eventually it'll all work out and that, you know, yep. it will get better eventually. You just got to go through this horrible process, but it will get better, right? It, absolutely. And, and we go through these challenges and, you know, the challenges of divorce are huge, but you will find in the future that you're absolutely able to take on challenges. Maybe they've been a 10 out of 10 and now a 4 out of 10. It makes you resilient. It makes you strong. Hey, thank you so much for your time, Bridget. Really appreciate having a chat and uh, you're getting your helpful insight into that. So thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. It's been fantastic to to have a chat to you. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down Delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon.